We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, everybody? Before we get started on today's show, big ups to the members of the Patreon. Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Pleates, Devin Rendon, Corey Johnson Hoops, and Ryan Pisner. We've made some changes to the Patreon. If you go over to patreon.com slash veterans minimum, you can check it out. See how you can earn some free merch upon certain tiers that you sign up for. Annual subscription, merch bundles offered as well. And thank you all, as always, for the support. Today's episode, we are talking about the NFC South. Yes, I've been hearing. I've been hearing. I've been hearing all the mentions, all the comments. When are we going to start talking football? Well, here we are, legends, starting to talk football. A little bit of a wacky, wacky summer so far. Spring and summer with everything pushed back. We usually should be in the dog days of summer, but we just had international soccer tournaments come to an end. NBA finals are still under wraps. Got a big pod coming on Monday, doing a whole NBA finals recap thus far. And yeah. I'm hyped. I'm excited. We're doing division breakdowns, starting off with the NFC South. Allen is on. Allen, the savant of the South, the mouth of the South. Shout out to Jim Hart. So what we do, as always, if you've been listening to the show for years, is we take a look at all the divisions, talking about the biggest addition, subtraction, player to watch slash X factor and storyline of the division. Not necessarily who's going to win it. But a nice way to start talking football as early as possible. And last thing about the Patreon. On the Patreon right now, you can get every single team in the NFC South over the next few days. You could get their team preview using the criteria of addition, subtraction, X-Factor player to watch slash storyline also. So check it out. The content is dope, it's lit, and we'll catch you guys next time. I'm working hard for respect in my city. I'm working hard for respect. Yeah. You think you got it, I got it for real. You think you got what I got. Uh. This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. Ah, yes. Football preview time, baby. Alan, it's right around the corner. 
Train camp is around the corner. Let's fucking go, man. Oh man. A lot of a lot of a different kind of football. Now we're coming into <laughs> I NFL know the football. transition after a major tournament is always a challenge, but I think once August hits and you start getting those hourly updates about mm-hmm. train camp, you get the fancy stuff, it's like, all right, I guess we're getting back in the full swing. This is something we've been doing for a couple of years here at VM. It's a nice way to get us through the dog days of summer. Usually start this a little bit earlier, but because of the international soccer tournament, mm-hmm. it was cool to not start this yet. <clears throat> it's division previews, but we do it a little bit different here. We're not going to give you picks. We're not going to tell you win totals and shit like that. We're just going to look at every team in the division, and we're going to give you the biggest storyline, player to watch, addition, subtraction. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start with your favorite division, the team that your favorite team... Well, it's not really your favorite division, but your favorite team plays yeah. in that division. Uh, NFC, NFC South. South. Uh, to me, the division that doesn't get... Well, before Brady came, didn't get much national recognition. Now mm-hmm. it's on almost every week. The Tom Brady effect is real. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, like you're looking at teams who... Not for nothing, man. I've been... It's been a pretty successful division the last decade. The balance is just ridiculous until I think because the whole branch out started, what, 2003 with the Texans? Yep. And then until Carolina won it from 13 to 15, there was never a repeat winner. Right. So it took a decade for a team to win a division twice, and then Carolina did it three years in a row. Yeah. And then you're talking about a Falcon Super Bowl appearance, a... Saints consistently. Saints consistently, yeah. NFC title games, yeah. Panthers Super Bowl appearance, also another team that will make some playoff runs. Yeah. And then obviously you get Brady defending champions mm-hmm. too. So you're talking about a division that has had some success. Um, a lot of, you know, top records in, in the NFC, bye weeks and shit. So what we're going to do now, um, real quick, a plug for the Patreon. For each team, we're doing individual additions, subtractions. Some are going to overlap, but for these, we're doing just outlook of the whole division. Right. So I want to preface that. Let's start with this general conversation. What is your feeling about the NFC South? For the first time in maybe ever, but at least in a long time, it, the, the balance is gone. I feel that the Bucks returning all their starters how can they not be the favorite? And given the little bit of uncertainty in New Orleans, just how they're going to look offensively. And I think now their cap limitations, is, like this is the first offseason where the Saints like haven't really added anybody. Like there's no huge like veteran addition. Like, whoa, they got him. I think the cap situation finally affected them. Uh, Land is in rebuild mode and Caroline's still kind of trying to find their identity, even though there's a lot of exciting pieces there. So to me, this is Tampa's division. And then whatever team comes out, my challenge for a wild card spot, but I think if you're looking at all eight divisions, I think if you're looking for a true number one favorite, I think it's got to be Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And and also, you know, one thing that's really interesting, the Bucks really got going after their bye week last week last mm-hmm. year. Won eight straight all the way to the Super Bowl. And one thing with Tom Brady and his offense is it's very timely. It's you know three step drops, ball comes out quick. He knows where receivers are. Last year. He goes to a new system, new players, doesn't really have the timing down. That's why I like that first one or two games that yeah. Antonio Brown came back. He had like 12 targets and shit. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? This guy just came yeah. off the off the park bench mm-hmm. and he's playing. Yeah. And it's not forget the injuries, though, but Godwin. Right. Evans Godwin both. missed a lot of time, too. That, Evans also. Came in season with a hamstring problem. Right, right, right. I traded for Godwin like an asshole and ultimately <laughs> cost me my fantasy championship, but that's a different conversation. Um, Brady now is going to have get. 
coming off the Super Bowl is going to have a full off season with these guys, knows these guys. I think this is going to be a team that's going to come out the gates firing, guns blazing. But they do have a pretty interesting schedule to start off. But besides the point, um, I agree with you with the Bucks. I think they are the storyline. Returning all 22 starters mm-hmm. as well, that's really fascinating. But let's get into this one. Let's start with the biggest addition in the NFC South. And look, there are some obvious ones that we're going to agree on. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly subtraction when we get yeah. to that. If you guys have been listening to the show for all these years, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. But addition, Alan, start us off. What do you think is the biggest addition in the NFC South? It's got to be Sam Darnold. Couldn't agree with you more. Right. I think some people might give consideration Mike Davis because Mike Davis had a quietly a very good season for Carolina. I think he's going to do some solid work with Atlanta. It's just I don't think it's going to lead to much overall success. I think it's going to put good production. But Dominic called him uh, 75% CMC. They're a totally different players. <laughs> no, I know, but it was like, because <laughs> in fantasy, right? Like I traded Dominic for yeah. Christian McCaffrey and he had Mike Davis. Right. And he would call him, he would call him Mikey Baby. Yeah. And, you know, Mike Davis would score like 15, 20 Dude, point he's games. He's monster calves. Like, you look at his calves, his calves are humongous. But he, I think he's a solid addition. Right. I think with Arthur Smith's offsets, he could do some damage. But if you're looking at thing that's going to make the most impact, it's got to be Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, for me, it was also Sam Darnold. Yeah. And the reason why is because I think we need to take into consideration the situation that he was with the Jets. Um, the talent that he's coming into in this system is phenomenal. And they lose Curtis Samuel, but they still have 2,000-yard receivers. Guess what? I think another addition you could say to, to the NFC South is getting back Christian McCaffrey, who played two and a half games last yeah. year. That security blanket. Ooh. Oh, man. Dude's caught, like, I, th- I think he broke the catch record for a mm-hmm. running back. Well, he said it, and yeah. then he broke it the year after, right? Dude's, a, dude's an absolute stallion, and, you know, shout-out to Miss Universe, Olivia Culpo, great girl. But McCaffrey, uh, Robbie Anderson, who he has a lot of good chemistry with, you have DJ Moore, who I think DJ Moore is in position. I'm to, waiting for that breakout. Ha- I've always been very high. The year three yeah, breakout. Yeah. It's always, It always happens yeah. with wide receivers. Um, it is year three for him, right? I believe so. Um, and a defense... That is better than what the Jets had with him. And I think the defense... Not saying much. Not say, I know. Yeah. Not saying much. Yeah. But I think this defense is a year away from us being like, yo, they could be a potential you know, top 12 to 13 defense. Really? I I think that they're, they're still ways away. Like, but besides Brian Burns, and I'm intrigued by J.C. Horn. I know that they signed Hassan Reddick too. Yeah. I don't know what else is there. I feel like they're. Their I like. Defense I like the been. brown. Uh, brown from Auburn. Okay, D tackle. Yeah, you know he's going into his second year. But look, um, they also drafted uh, Terrence Marshall from LSU. Okay. Who, just the fact that he's from LSU, okay. I'm like, guy probably gonna get like 700 yards at one okay. point. You know, be a nice number three wide receiver. But for me, Sam Darnold, we're gonna find out very quickly if he's damaged goods mm-hmm. or if he's away from Adam Gase. I see a lot of Ryan Tannehill in him, though Ryan Tannehill had more success in Miami than what Sam Darnold did. Right. Darnold's also very athletic. People, like the way he escapes pressure sometimes, it's just, I think it all comes down to decision making. I think Darnold mm-hmm. was just always pressing with the Jets. And well, one, also the punishment he took there. Right. And, and one thing that we saw with him, we've seen with Daniel Jones, is if you throw a lot of picks in college, you're going to throw a lot of picks mm-hmm. in the NFL. It's not right. something you do, you just cut but, out. You, know, you got the offense on Matt Rule and Joe Brady. That offset offensive system really should benefit him. Just give him the. He just needs 
a situation where they're more easier positioned. He needs to be put in more advantageous situations because it just seemed with the Jets, he was always down two scores. He was always in third and long situations. Let's see this guy, you know, apply play action more often, get him more empty sets, try to just get those quick completions to players that actually do damage. He needs players that could actually do stuff after a catch to actually, you know, inflate his stats a little bit. He has a chemistry with Robbie, which helps. I know you're big on that. You know him and Robbie Anderson have that huge rapport. Oh, dude, telling you right now, my stack week one, <laughs> Sam Donald, Robbie Anderson against the Jets. Oh man, you know me in revenge <laughs> games. That's a big one too, man. Because the free Robbie movement was strong for a yep, good two, three yep, years. Yep. So, and if you want to look at it from, uh, I guess, upgrade standpoint, I just think Teddy Bridgewater is just too conservative. And he just never pushed the ball downfield. And you just there, there was clear limitations with Teddy Bridgewater. As great as the story was, I think Darn at least provides more, uh, not just upside, just more abilities to stretch the field, get the ball downfield. Because Carolina has legitimate explosiveness, and they were held back last year. Even though they put up great numbers, they were held back by Teddy B's legitimate uh, limitations. Excuse me. So. I'm I'm intrigued by this movie. You know, there are statistics that kind of make me a little hesitant, Donald, just based on PFF, just showing like even through a clean pocket, his numbers were pretty bad. I just want to see a fresh start, coaching staff, playmakers. Let's do this. Yeah, that's my that's my whole thought process with Sam Donald at this point. Hey man, he's younger than Joe Burrow. He's younger than a lot of the guys that have been drafted uh, since he got drafted. So let's see. It's an ultimate buy low situation. Yeah. They didn't give up anything too crazy for him. So no, not all, yeah. why not take yeah. the risk? Uh, subtraction. Uh, he used to have a <laughs> picture here. <laughs> Look, he, he used to be a, a, put, a king in a wonderful city. <laughs> right, right. Julio Jones is obviously yeah. the subtraction. Yeah. If you want to say why and get like into it more, that's fine. I picked someone else just because I didn't want this right. to be like, you know, the the the, the layup choice right. that it was. Because right. I think Trey Hendrickson was a big loss in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Give him, cause, and of course. Look, even though he was kind of average liability last year, Drew Brees will be discussed as well. Right. But as for Julio Jones, it's just you're talking about still arguably the most terrifying receiver. Nobody wants to cover him. It's just a player that you always have to account for who opens up a lot of space, whether it's short, deep, intermediate. He just makes players around him better. And, you know, having that chemistry with Matt Ryan for over a decade, it's just it's a huge loss for the Falcons. And how they move forward. Like I think Calvin Ridley will be fine because Calvin Ridley's had time to play without Julio. I think it was like nine games last year, and I think he's that good of a talent where I don't think he'll be affected too much. I think it's just more from just the Matt Ryan and overall franchise standpoint because it's just they need all the firepower because this defense is not going to be good, and Matt Ryan has not played well over the past two years. So just all these things combined, it's just a lot of pressure on the Falcons, like, can they score enough points? And without Julio, you're talking about a player that, I think, not just yards per route run, because he had that statistic for about four years. I think he led, like, from 2015 to 2019, the most first downs out for wide receivers. Like, he's someone that could do, like, you give him a little quick slant, he turns six yards into 12 yards. Like, he is a first down machine. And that's just so valuable, especially on, like, a third and eight, just boom right there. So he just does so much for that offense. There's no one that can replace it. So, yeah, I think by far he's the biggest. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Falcons play a London game against the Jets. You know that, right? Yeah, that's a really random matchup. And Matt random. A lot man. of my boys are Jeff fans. And we, we, it's going to be a random Sunday. Week three, we got to make a wager. Falcons yeah, I, at Giants. I, I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. For me, subtraction, excluding Julio, exclu- excluding Drew Brees, Tampa Bay didn't really lose anyone of note. Yeah. I think Curtis Samuel's big. So you would take Curtis Samuel or Trey Hendrickson? Because Trey Hendrickson had a really good year for New Orleans last year. He did. He did, yeah. for sure. And the reason why I say that is because when you factor in bringing Sam Darnold into the fold, I think for a young quarterback who had no weapons, mm-hmm. having more weapons never hurts, right? And you had three wide receivers go over 1,000 yards, which is very impressive. I don't remember the last time that, that that's happened. I'd have to go and look. The only one that I can think of that got close maybe is that Denver team. With Decker, Thomas, and Samuel? Oh, not no, Samuel, Sanders. Sanders, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like those yeah. those kind of teams yeah. there. But, you know, um, or no, no, I'm thinking about Julius Thomas, too, like the tight end. Austin, Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, Emmanuel Sanders. No, nah, I think Sanders to... Sanders oh, came in after Decker left. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's I don't why. think Julius Thomas ever got near 1,000 yards. He was Wes a touchdown maybe? No, me, was he on Denver? Up. I think he was. I was gonna say Brand Stokely. There was no way it was Brand Broncos Stokely. 2013 when he threw. That, yeah, when that, threw that was for, a ridiculous season. Yeah, was Walker on that team? Adam Gase, the OC, tremendous. Oh man, that's that's Trem- his brother. Mon- right uh, yo, no Sean Moreno, bro. Oh, that Jeff. That's yeah. when they drafted Monty Ball, and oh. he was like everyone's darling, and then No Sean came out of nowhere. Real, real quick, let me just find the the receiving the receiving. We know it was Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker. Um. Why is it okay? Uh, Decker twelve eighty eight, Thomas fourteen thirty, Welker seven seventy eight, oh, Julius so Thomas seven eighty eight. Welker was there, damn. yeah, yeah. Welker caught seventy three passes. Interesting, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So I, I think Curtis Samuel, man. I think he he was another guy who people were really. I know in the fantasy community was a guy who people were expecting a big breakout, and it finally came. Let's not forget hit what he brings as a runner too. He creates a lot of. He's everything there. Percy Harvin should have been. Yeah. Although I think Percy had the more highlight real moments. Yeah. Curtis Sam was great talent. Just Percy Harvin, like he was a true game changer. I'll stand by it. 2009 yeah. Percy Harvin, best offensive player I've ever seen. <laughs> and it was with Adrian Peterson too. And and, and the the last. Anytime the 09 Vikings come, I just get so. Like Word. they were so yeah, magical, but I just get so spot. down, dude, because it's just like, dude, they should have Percy Harvin was they so fun to won watch, the Super man. Bowl, man. So fun to watch. Far, why'd you throw that ball? Yeah, <laughs> that, that hurts, man. Across your body. I didn't do this on purpose, but my biggest storyline has to do with the Panthers. And I picked the Panther for addition. I picked the Panther for subtraction. And I'm picking this storyline, and here's why. I'm curious, yeah. 
the selection of Jason Horn needs to work. And I think the, the, the decision to go with Darnold needs to work. When you factor in the idea of having Justin Fields there too. And also like last two years, look at what they did. They didn't play. They didn't pay Bradbury, who was a top five corner last year for the Giants. Remember, I was making the yeah. case like week seven, eight. I'm like, yo, he's not going to win Defensive Player of the yeah. Year. But let's let's understand that he's having a fucking amazing elite, season. Yeah, yeah who's elite? He solidify himself. So you you elect not to pay Bradbury. He leaves, right? So you need a corner. You pay Bridgewater. Then you get rid of him, and then you draft a corner mm-hmm. and you trade to bring in a quarterback. Is- so for me, it's like. You need to hit on on these guys, Agreed. especially when you factor in what Bradbury has turned out to be. And also, dude, the game has changed so much where I feel like what the Giants did this offseason is they went after corners and DBs. I think the game now has changed where you need to have four or five DBs that can make plays and can guard people all over the field. Yeah. And you look at that division, Calvin Ridley. Michael Thomas, mm. the the fucking three stud wide receivers that Tampa Bay has, J- Jason Horn's not yeah. gonna he's gonna step in and yeah. have to you know ball out. Yeah. So I think that decision is a big storyline for me. What happens between Darnold and J.C. Horn? Yeah, because you're talking about the next two three years mm-hmm. with everything that's up in Carolina because they had a top ten pick and that's what they elected to do. And also Matt Rule signed the five year contract right. and he came in knowing that he had time to build what he wanted to build. Mm-hmm. And now you have it. Look, you went out and you got Bridgewater. You didn't like that. Now you made the decision to go and get Darnold. You made a very strong. I, I was skeptical at first, but now it's like, wow, okay, there's. It's a trickle down so, effect yeah. of a lot of things that went yeah. down in and Carolina. And it's all very fascinating, just how it all came together. Yeah, Bradbury's still a. I mean, look, we were singing his praises, and he wasn't a guy who's like 30. You know, he's not uh, Stephon Gilmore where you're like, right now, do I want to pay Stephon Gilmore? No, but Caroline needs like. Their defense was bomb five last year. Like, yeah, they man. need all to besides like I mentioned, besides Brian Birds, who I think is like the next great young edge rusher that's coming up and um we'll see with Brown. But besides that, their that defense is just flat out bad. So what's like, the number one thing every draft expert always says about when you draft players? It's like you draft players to win your division, mm-hmm. to compete with teams in your division. Right. And you're talking about the the wide receivers in the South are yeah. you know, it's no you're yeah. gonna get six matchups a year where you're like, Fuck man. Yeah. There's no it's there's no letting up. Thing. Yeah. yeah. So that, that that was for me. What's your biggest storyline in the division? This was easy for me. It has to be how the Saints are going to look offensively. That's a good one. To me, to me, it's just I'm so fascinated by that. Like, how is James going to transition? You know Taysom Hill is not going away. They're going to fit snaps in there. How much of it? That's the big question because Sean Payne's not going to give that up. I think now it's a matter of managing it better. Like, okay, because I thought at times last year – Sean Payton, the way they used Taysom Hill, like a, it was a lot of third down, and it backfired several times. And sometimes even on first down, they put him in second long situation. So I think they got to figure out a better way to utilize Taysom Hill if they're really still committed to this. I'm not personally a fan of it, but it's led to success at times. But now they got to get better manager, and we got to see how Jameis Winston looks. Like I'm, I don't know what's going to happen in this offense because – they haven't really added anyone due to the cap situation, but it seems like every year a young player emerges offensively. Someone you never heard of just comes comes out of nowhere and breaks out. But could that be the Drew Brees, Sean Payne effect or not? Time will tell. But I'm, I'm just I'm very fascinated how this game, this offense could look. And another thing you have to take into account, Drew Brees, 
and Michael Thomas had amazing chemistry. Mm-hmm. And Jameis Winston, not the most accurate thrower, particularly on short to intermediate throws. We know Michael Thomas is a vertical threat. So how is the chemistry going to be between Winston and Michael Thomas? That's another thing you have to look at because you know Thomas is still going to get his targets. Sean Payton will funnel the ball to him. So I, I'm this. I'm. I think the Saints are one of the most interesting teams in in the period in the NFL just because. You're replacing a legend who, okay, yes, he was not very good last year, but still, this is a huge change after, what, 15 years? And you're using with one of the most frustrating, chaotic. <laughs> like, use any I told you about of, interceptions yeah. in college. This dude is the 30-30 club, never and been done before. I just wonder how much patience Sean Payne's got because Sean Payne's a fiery coach. And, look, he's an offensive mastermind. I'm sure he's going to put Sean, uh, put Jameis Winston in great situations, in positions to succeed, high percentage throws. But there's going to be times James Winston's going to have to make plays. And it's just, how is this all that's going to look? Especially, in they're probably going to have a tough schedule because they won a division. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. People forget that. Yeah. Tampa Bay was on the road. So they're gonna, it's going to be a hard schedule. And I'm just, I can't wait to see it. I'm fascinated to see if this Saints offense became so dump the ball off heavy because Breeze was shot. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we see Slant Boy be Post Boy, right? Like run a couple deeper yeah. routes or what else they could do. So I think that's a good one, man. I'm fascinated by that. Mm-hmm. Let's wrap up with the player to watch. Now there's a rule here. You can't tell us Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. Like you got to give us yeah. give us someone sort of low key that you're looking at. I don't think he's low key on that. I guess NFL insider scale, but he's getting a lot of offseason praise. I'm curious to see how Devin White continues to play. Mm. So, so I saw a poll. I don't know. I think it was like ESPN interviewed like 20 different executives, and they considered Devin White to be the best linebacker in the league, which I found to be pretty shocking because I don't think he's the best linebacker on his team. That's how good I think Levante David is. Not that's not a slight on Devin White. But he emer- he he definitely emerged last year, Devin White. I think first year was a little sketchy, but second year, like he's just one of those classic linebackers that you want, like those three down linebackers that just have endless range. They you know have, who he reminds me of a lot? They're a four four. I think this might get you excited, Patrick Willis. Really? Yeah, you don't see it as far as versatility and being a. All he's three a little down. more undersized because I think Patrick Willis was. He was like, yeah, he was big. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right. Patrick like, Bowman Pat- maybe. Could be like I think Pat, I put Patrick Wilson, Bobby Wagner in like a similar category. These guys are just real massive linebackers. They don't miss tackles. Devin, the big problem with Devin White is I he take back a what lot I said. You, you swung me. Yeah, Devin, yeah, yeah, Devin White misses too many tackles. I think that's his concern. But he just adds so much from a coverage standpoint, and he forced a lot of turnovers. Like he was a big part of their defensive success last year. And I just want to see Kenny continue because I think there's going to be added pressure on him. And considering all this praise, can he be up there with the likes of Bobby Wagner, Darius Leonard, Fred Warner? You know, time will tell us so, uh, I was going to pick someone from that Tampa Bay defense because I was so impressed by them last year. Like, you could go maybe Anton Winfield, who mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. really emerging. But, you know, I want to see what Devin White could do because ultimately he is one of those main two inside linebackers and he's going he's not going to lead the field. So, I'm yeah. excited about that. I like that. That's a nice call. That's a nice call. Um, hmm. Player to watch. I'm picking a guy on your team and I'm picking a rookie. I'm going with Kyle Pitts. Ooh. Okay. I thought long and hard about this. He's my pick to be rookie of the year. I think with Julio leaving, there's never been a tight end selected that high. Similar to what I said about Carolina, Justin Fields was there, right? Do you make a move to trade up one slot to maybe get a Trey Lance or whatever it might be if you really like that quarterback? But the combination of Julio leaving, I think the Falcons 
are going to try to validate that selection. I think they're going to showcase him a lot, especially now with Julio leaving. I think if he is this generational talent that they're saying, I can see him catching 70 to 80 passes in this offense. They still have no running game. And I know you hope it, you hope they will because Arthur Smith. That's his right, right, right. Arthur Smith coming in, who I would also say is a big addition in that yeah. in that division, also. And look, we we just talked about you know seventy five percent CMC, right. Mike Davis yeah. coming over. But, but you say no running game because you expect and understand me. So the Falcons are going to be trailing a lot of games, trailing a lot, and also like I don't see the Falcons being a ground and pound team since like Michael Turner. Right, but they could have like I'm saying. They can morph in because like, Arthur Smith, I know his, a lot of his principles are running away. And this wasn't just a Derrick Henry effect. Like, I've listened to him in interviews. Like, he genuinely wants to run the ball. Right. So, I do think there will be some commitment. My issue is I just don't see them being competitive as much. So, a lot of yeah. times you're going to have to throw from behind. So, I think I think Kyle Pitts is already, by a lot of people whose opinion I trust in football, in the football world, is a top five tight end in the league coming into it. And also, if you look at John Smith, how he played in that system with, with the Titans, mm-hmm. and now even more pass-heavy, I think he's going to have a monster year, man. And I think it's more so the organization wanting to validate that we made the right selection. He's the best player in this draft outside of Trevor Lawrence, but skill position-wise, generational talent. I hate that word, too, because like every year it's like, it's generational talent yeah. is supposed yeah. to mean that for the next 20 years, we're not going to see a guy like that. <laughs> every year it's a fucking generational talent. Yeah. Generational wide receiver, corner, and all yeah. that. Saquon Barkley, generational talent. Fucking, it's two season-altering injuries in yeah. back-to-back years. So Kyle Pitts, he's eight to one. He is my favorite bet to be offensive rookie of the year. He's not my pick, like gun to my head, to be the offensive player of the year. The more I talk about it, I love his odds and I love the spot that he's in. I like Najee Harris when he was twenty to one. Now he's only behind Trevor Lawrence. So that's a situation where it's like I like the player, but the odds. Uh, that situation, that Pittsburgh offensive line. If that offensive line is a little shaky, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So that's the player to watch for me in cool. that division. I think they're gonna use a lot of 12 formation because they still have uh, one more year of Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst, he's in a contract year, so I think you're gonna see Arthur Smith try to create mismatches with Pitts, Pitts and Hurst. So that's something to look at. But I like the pick. It caught me off guard. Did not expect that. Kyle Pitts, baby. Yeah. Eight to one. I've already bet you I was in Atlantic City last weekend, so <laughs> please be gentle. Uh, Alan, where can they find you if they want to contact you? Alan Sturk, A-L-L-E-N-S-T-R-K. At The Lamb Show, as you can find me. At Veterans Minimum, as you can find everything for the show. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.